Welcome back to episode 18 of The NP Dude. I am Jeff, The NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice, and that is our voice. Let me be your voice. So keep the comments and questions coming. I'm, it seems like there's a huge spike in, in activity on the uh, Facebook pages, huge spike of activity on the website. I'm getting a lot of downloads. I still can't track iTunes, but um, I'm guessing that I'm getting some there as well. So I'm just really having a blast. You guys are making this a lot of fun, and I appreciate what you guys are doing for me, too. So just keep it up and keep the keep the thoughts coming. Um, getting a lot of uh, good praise, which I really appreciate, but that's not what I want. I want to hear how I'm wrong. I want to hear about, you know, hey, we're missing out on this, and we want to hear about different issues, and what are those issues? And so um, keep those, those thoughts coming. Today I have a couple things that um, just kind of, I like these hodgepodge shows. I think I get a little bit more activity with them, and I'm getting, um, you know, there's smaller snippets of ideas of things that we could talk about, but it's not so overburdening of 30 or 40 minutes of just one topic where you're like, ugh, right? So I'm getting a lot of activity with that. Maybe people only listen to part of the show, I don't know, but it seems like people are liking it. I'll keep doing it as long as you guys like it, just keep keep giving me ideas too. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about was directly from Facebook. That was, um, a comment that I saw and I think it was just a, um, something that was secondhand heard from, from an, a manager. And this is typically where you'll hear this, this situation. And it can happen for an RN. It can happen for an LPN. It can happen for an APRN as well. And this is just kind of a global thing that we've, we've all dealt with. I am going to go out on a limb and say that everybody listening to this show has heard of someone saying, oh, you can't do that. That's dun, 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 patient abandonment, right? And so what's this patient abandonment issue and why does it come up and why did why does it get threatened and why are you worried about it and all that stuff right so what happened to me and I had this happen when I was working as an RN at Cleveland Clinic and I was working in ICU and I, I loved that ICU but there was one assistant manager that was just really not good at her job she was not a good manager she wasn't a great people person she was a nice person she just wasn't good at her job and she probably shouldn't have taken that position and um this was the circumstance, and this is what you'll you'll hear about it in the hospital setting all the time this way. You'll be working your shift, and you're sitting there, and you're looking for the next assignments, and you're finding out, okay, did the person that I have, who's coming in, who do I have to give a report to, is it somebody I like, you know, can I can I do a quick report with this person, do they know the patient, you know, you're, you're, you're doing that, and it's like an hour before the end of shift, and you realize, oh, uh, so-and-so just called and said that, you know, she's taking over for you, she's not going to be here for like three hours, right, she's behind, or her car broke down, or whatever it was, and this happens all the time, and so you get this, the, the manager that comes up to you and says, you need to stay and take care of the patient until the next shift person gets here. And you're like, uh, dude, I just worked 13 hours. I'm not working another three or four on a maybe this person's going to show up to make your life a little bit easier. Uh, that's not going to work. And so the first time it happened, I was a new nurse and I didn't want to rock the boat. And I was like, you know, three or four months in working and I'm like, fine, I'll just stay, I'll, I'll take one for the team, and it was like four or five hours later that this person shows up, and so here I am, 15, 18 hours in on a, on a you know, uh, that's too much, right, it's just not safe patient care, and so, um, you know, I ask, you know, why isn't this person here, why can't I just go, you know, and they're like, oh, you can't leave, it's patient abandonment, you can't do that, you'll lose your license, patient abandonment, and so I'm like, I'm going to research this. Because that doesn't feel right. 
So I researched the hell out of this topic. And guess what? There's no such thing as patient abandonment. I couldn't find it in any jurisdiction. Now, I didn't check every state, but I looked at a lot of them, and there is no such claim of patient abandonment in the United States that I could find. And if somebody knows of it, I want to see a code section because I couldn't find it. And I spent quite a bit of time looking at this. And so what do they say? They say, well, patient abandonment is when you leave your post as a nurse, an LPN, an RN, an advanced practice nurse, and you basically are abandoning the patient and no one's there to take care of them. And since that, that uh, you know, people, especially in the hospital, are, you know, not physically tied to their bed, but essentially tied to that bed and can't fend for themselves. They can't get up and walk out. They're too sick to do that. Then there has to be something that keeps the, the staff from walking out and this is the claim but when does it happen when do people use this claim it's always the friggin nurse managers they're always the managers it's always the office manager it's always a senior person saying nope you need to do what I say or it's abandonment and it's a bogus it's a myth it doesn't exist now I did find in some states um, in their nurse practice acts that that you may not get nurse get uh, nurse abandonment or patient abandonment as a claim because it doesn't exist but you can get unsafe nursing practice that goes every day you're working though so if you're not doing good care you could have that same claim against you so that's not really a viable claim in my opinion it's not the same thing but here's what the, my advice is and this is the second time they tried to do this to me at Cleveland the same nurse manager I, I basically said uh -uh, there's no such thing and if I ever hear you say patient abandonment again I'm gonna write you up and talk to the legal department about you and she never once said it again. Um, so that in the hospital setting, if you want to throw your guns around a little bit, that's one where you can throw your guns around and say, look, I'll be more than happy to get legal on this because I am positive there's no such thing for that. Now, here's what you have to do, though. You can't leave your patient unattended. That's not safe care. That's not abandonment, per se. But, you know, semantics, but still. Now, here's the trick. You have to give report to somebody that is equal to what you are doing for that person. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's the same thing for advanced practice nurses. That's just the standard of care that I've talked about in the malpractice episode. The standard of care is different. And you have to make sure that you're giving you know, report to the appropriate person. So here's what I would do in the hospital after that point, that time it happened. I would point to the manager and say, come here. There's three people out of staff, or there's a person out of staff that's just helping and ready to accept a patient. They can take my patient until so-and-so shows up, period. And I'll give them report. If you don't want me to give them report, I will give you report. I will give you report right now, and I am leaving. And I never had a problem again. And they would just say, okay, give me report. Because they knew they were wrong. It's just, it's, it, but, but it needed somebody, you know, showing some, some, uh, cojones to say look this is wrong you can't do that and if you do it again I will turn you into the legal department and file file a, uh, uh, a a complaint against you for it because that's law that's wrong you can't do that so the patient abandonment thing I saw that on Facebook and I'm like ugh, not again right you know we're back to that and I kind of forgot all about patient abandonment but the context was in, in the Facebook page was with respect to terminating employment contract early and the manager saying you are in effect abandoning your patients and you can lose your license for that and that is a complete and utter crock of crap
That is not true. That is not true. That is not true. If you are seeing people in an outpatient setting, they have the ability to come to that office, make a scheduled appointment with someone else in that practice. If they choose not to do so, they can go to anybody else that they want to in the community for their primary care. Now, hospitals are different, right? Because they're strapped to the bed. Not literally, but you know, figuratively. And so they, they have a little bit less options to go. So I think that actually the standard with respect to the potential for abandonment is higher in the hospital, although it still is a crock of crap. It doesn't exist. So that's my take on that one. I think it's, a, it's an interesting uh, mental you know, thought exercise. But in reality, at the end of the day, if you ever hear somebody say that, just say, you're full of crap. Now, there's a couple things you can do with the knowledge. Knowledge is power, right? I always like to keep a little bit of that stuff in my back pocket. And if you see somebody that's trying to flex their muscles and use that a little bit, I'm not going to pull it out right away and just trump them with it. I'll just keep it in my back pocket and I'll use it against them later. And 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 in here's in not not in uh, in a mean way, but in in a way that if if they're trying to be um, manipulative towards me, I'll just pull it out and say, "Hey, remember when you said that? Yeah, next time you try to do that crap with me, not going to happen. Uh, you do that, and I'll probably be able to uh, get you turned into the state board. You know, you just use it against them. They don't know. And and so so you know, just kind of keep those things in your back pocket. It's just kind of fun to do, right? Every now and then you get a jerk that you got to deal with, and you just kind of eh, yeah, you're not going to do that. I don't like thumping people over the head right in front of people too. I like to try to keep it behind closed doors, and and you get more respect that way because sometimes those people that are that way and you actually help them out, turn out to be your best friends. I had a, a, a great guy in engineering. I couldn't stand the guy. I wanted to throw him through a window the first two years I worked with the guy. Could not stand him. He was a pain in my ass, up and down. I was a project manager. He was, a, he was, a, he was an engineer that worked on the projects. And uh, he was a nice guy. He just, he just made my life a miserable hell. Um, and then one day I just said, let's go to lunch. And I took him to lunch, and we just shot the shit, and we got all that stuff just kind of out of the way. And he realized I was there to help him. And as soon as he realized I was there to help him, man, it turned the tables. And, and we were just good friends ever since then. Go out of each other's way to help each other. And, and that was the best relationship in that, in that setting you can have. So that's kind of the, 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 um, the whole idea behind that, that one Facebook post. Now, there was another one that I saw that, that this one's pretty short. And it was um, relating to if you terminate your contract... And um, what the employer can do as a matter of recourse against you if you had a non-compete agreement or you didn't follow the actual contract uh, termination policy or the, the, the how the procedure was set out in the contract. And the information that this person said was pretty accurate, but it was it was still wrong enough that I would I want to point it out. So I've said this before in the termination of contract session that it really depends on what you put in the contract as to what can happen to you when you breach a contract. Now here's another tidbit. You never breach a contract as a claim. If you go to court, and I may have said this before and if I've harped on it before, I just it bothers me. So when people say, Oh, you can be sued for breach of contract, no you can't. You can never be sued for a quote unquote breach of contract. That's not the claim. If you say, I'm suing you for breach of contract, you will get laughed out of court because there's no such cause of action. And the cause of action is the legal claim you're making. The legal claim would be you breached the um, uh, provision for termination, which caused harm, and then you would lay out the claim from there. You specifically tell what is broken in the agreement, not just that you breached the contract. It's too, it's too bland. It's not enough information there. 
Okay? It's like saying I have type I have diabetes, but you don't say it's type 1 or type 2. Well, I don't know. Which type you have? Well, I don't know. Diabetes. Okay. Well, that's kind of like that. Semantics, again, but still an important consideration. So when I see people say, oh, you can get sued for breach of contract, I automatically know they do not know the law. They're not a lawyer. Now, they may think they know, which makes them slightly dangerous. And so in, in this particular instance, it was... Um, he, he, the statement was made, well, we went back as a manager and took their last paycheck. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back up there, cowboy. Because right now, in pretty much every state that I know of, and maybe I'm wrong on this, it might be a weird jurisdiction out there that does it, but pretty much you are not allowed to um, take somebody's wages for a potential cause of action that's in the future. Okay, so here's your situation. You say to the company, you're supposed to give 60 days notice for, for termination of the contract, and you give, you know, 35 days. And they say, I don't care. I don't know, whatever you think you can do, whatever. And so um, you technically are in violation of the agreement and breach the termination provision, and they could, in theory, sue you for breaking that portion of the agreement. That part was true that the guy said. Agreed. Yep, you can be sued for that. However, you are not allowed categorically to say, well, you breached the agreement, so because we can sue you, I'm going to go ahead and take your last paycheck or last two paychecks or you know, maybe your, if you have a bonus check, which, I, again, I hate the word bonus. Go back and listen to my other shows. It's not a bonus. It's, it's, a, it's compensation. Um, and they, you know, oh, we're just going to take that and we'll call it even. You say, absolutely not. You pay me, and if you think you have a, a suit against me, file a suit. And then the court will determine what the damages are, and then you pay them back the damages. That's the way it works. It doesn't come directly out of your paycheck. And if they say it does, and it's not in your agreement that way, then they are in violation of wage and hour laws in the Fair Labor Standards Act and probably a bunch of other state statutes and common law. So you can tell these people, eh, eh you are not to touch my paycheck. If you touch my paycheck, I will not hesitate to file a claim against you. And guess what? If you do that as an employer and take it from their paycheck, the courts will be harsh on you even if you have a valid claim. They'll be like, you can't do that. Sorry. You just violated the law. So not only is that a problem for you, but you might get damages and end up having to pay back not only what you took, but additional damages. <laughs> back to the employee that, that just quit early on you, where you otherwise wouldn't have been able to sue him. So that, that whole, you know, taking the last wages and, and, and um, putting your own um, uh, repayment plan on that is not allowed unless it's agreed to as a liquidated damage in the contract. So that's why I read the contract. So termination agreements are great. I love, I love talking termination because they're so they're just so gross and nasty and everything falls apart and it's just so fun to just get into the meat of them and say, okay, this is how this could happen. And I just think they're fun. So that's a neat, neat thing to think about. So that was another one. The other one that, um, let's see if I can remember what it was. I'm driving in the dark, looking for deer. Um, what was the other one? Oh, here it was. And this one was a comment on my Facebook page and, um, it wasn't under the episode that really went with it, but it was talking about, um, I think the show I did yesterday where the, the, um, um, whether the 
company you're working for for is credentialed you pr- appropriately, and whether you are being billed out appropriately, and and just you know what can, what can happen to you as an individual. And the question was regarding your NPI number, and it was, hey, can you um, get your NPI number, get like a master, like this is how I interpret it, like a master list of your billings based upon your NPI number. And my answer it was on the Facebook pages, I don't think so. I think it goes by your independent insurance companies that you're credentialed with. So say you're you're credentialed through 10 different insurance providers and your MPI number is your social security number essentially for you as a provider and it's just a tracking number just to know who you are, not necessarily what you've done everywhere. So if somebody knows of some kind of a master list of your MPI charges, charges against your MPI, I'd love to hear about it because I think it would be really neat to be able to keep track of that. But I just don't think our government's got their head out of their ass enough to know how to do that. Um, plus, there's so many different insurance programs you know, nationally and within each state and all that good stuff. Now, you could probably like have Medicare and Medicaid run a report for you um, and, and be able to do it that way. But your best bet is to become friends with your... Um, your billing person and say, okay, you know, how do I get a report of this? They should be able to do it pretty easily. And if they're not willing to give you a report of what you're billing out under your MPI number, do you really want to work there? I mean, take it to the manager and say, look, there's there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to see this. I just want to make sure that all my charges are getting caught appropriately. It's a second check for you that I can just take a look at these things. And if I spot a problem, not only can I see maybe get more billing for you, like, oops, I accidentally undercharged on this one, maybe I should go up a little bit, um, but also you might keep them out of trouble because you might not accidentally be overcharging and potentially get them in trouble with with uh, you know Medicare, Medicaid fraud, or insurance fraud, or you know overcharging, getting an audit and stuff like that. So you know, sell it that way. So listen to my show yesterday and talk about how I um, you know give them pain and take it away. Well, you're giving them pain because they're putting out a report for you, but you're taking it away because you're a second check for them, and so that way they just know that you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not just doing it to try to renegotiate later, although you might be doing it for that so you know how much how much you're worth right so those are a couple of the things that i just wanted to think about and talk about and again i'm having so much fun doing this you guys are great nurses are fantastic people you guys are just collectively um you know everybody's nice you you occasionally will get a a troll but you know i haven't really anybody trolling me on on facebook or on um on my podcast uh website so uh, keep the questions coming. Keep the, the, the great ideas coming. Uh, I'm always looking for new shows. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to start researching some stuff and adding in. Um, my employer does know now about the NP dude, which is kind of cool. So I can, I, I'm not going to talk about things from work. I'm not going to say who they are. But um, at least they, you know she didn't flinch when I said, hey, I, I started a podcast and I'm, uh, I'm the NP dude, you know. So that's, um, that's good. That's good news. She probably thinks I'm weird, but that's fine too. So either way, I'm kind of weird when you look at my background. So uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Keep the questions coming. TheNPDude.com. Um, you can get me at Jeff at TheNPDude.com. You can also get me on Facebook at TheNPDude. You can always listen on iTunes. Somebody tell me that you're listening on iTunes just because there's no way to track it. So someone out there that's listening on iTunes, go on my Facebook page and leave me a comment on my Facebook page right on the main page. Just say, hey, Jeff, I'm listening on iTunes. Thanks, man. Um, 
and, and I would appreciate that just because it, it's no work for me, but it's just it's kind of neat, and I just want to see how many people are doing it that way. So um, don't hesitate to do that. Keep things rolling, and thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.